What's up, Gravel family? I'm Sophia. And I'm Jason. And this is the Gravel Family Podcast. The Gravel Family Podcast is an encouraging space to motivate more people to get on their bikes and enjoy gravel. We're going to share a variety of stories from hometown pirates to the top tier pros. We're also going to share training tips and insights on gravel worlds and other events, as well as answer your questions that arise through your training season. We are so excited you're here. Welcome to the Gravel Family. All right, what's up, Gravel Family? I'm Jason. And I'm Sophia. And we've got a little bit different because we don't have many runners on the podcast, but we're getting more and more. I think in, this is our third. Our third one, I think yeah. you're right. And uh, I'm excited to have uh, getting more runners in the Gravel Family. Like that was kind of the whole idea of adding runs to our event. And so I'm excited to see uh, and hear their feedback on on what they think of this whole Gravel thing. Uh, and she's very familiar with gravel she because is. she is our two-time winner of the Landho 50K, which we added two years ago. So she is back-to-back champion. Uh, but outside of the two gravel worlds, which I'm sure the top of the list of her pedigree uh, <laughs> is she's 2016 Ultra Runner of the Year. Okay, so maybe that's a little cooler. That's already pretty cool. And also winner of uh, major race, ultra races, such as Western Stages, which is one of the most prestigious uh, ultra events in the world. So welcome to the podcast, Casey Lichtig. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on and being one of our few runners we've had on the podcast. I, I think before we get any further, we need to point out that she's a local legend. Yep. She's from Omaha, Nebraska. That's right. <laughs> How, uh, Nebraska so represents. You, <laughs> Nebraska represent. That's right. Have you always lived in Omaha, or is it uh, kind of you moved here at some point? What's your history with with Nebraska? I uh, grew up in a small town called Danabrog, which is like two and a half hours west of Omaha, and mm-hmm. basically it was a town of like 350 people. Went to school there, went to college, and then I went to grad school in Creighton, and so then I stayed here since. That's, That's awesome. Very cool. How'd you originally get into running and running long distances? Because it can't be just like a you one day decide, like, I'm going to go run 100 miles. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. I actually, I hated running when I first was introduced to it. I didn't want to do anything with running. So I actually, my first, like, track season i went out for shot put discus and long jump and the coaches are like i don't think so no 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 so then i kind of fumbled my way into the sprints just to get through it i still hated it so then i went out for volleyball long story short my best friend went out for cross country the following year and we were one girl short from being a full team and she pursuedly talked me into it and so i decided what the heck so a week before we even had school start, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. And the first day we had two-a-days, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I haven't read a step. But oh, that no. like was the worst. I'm like walking the whole like training run. And I'm like, yeah, what did I do? But whatever, I'm doing it because my friend. So that got me really started into loving like the team atmosphere and the fact that you work together as a team and you see your own results progress as you're helping others. And that kind of just got me like motivated to see how far I could go. So then cross country high school is like 5k. Is that right? Maybe 10k. It was like, I believe it was even shorter than that when I was going, um, it was like 2.4 miles. So gotcha. 
pretty short. Um, yeah, I had to walk. I was like the last person to finish every time too. <laughs> I'm like literally walking and I'm finishing. I'm like, well, at least I'm sort of supporting the team. <laughs> You're still part of it. You're still part of it. Yes. <laughs> The best news of last place is you can't do any worse. So that's exactly. Good. <laughs> Someone's got to bring up the rear. I mean, come that's on. Right. <laughs> right. So then how did that progress into running long distances from your beginning of not liking it very much? Yeah. I, so over the summer we had this goal. Our coach said, if we could run 350 miles over the summer, he'd give us this cool t-shirt. So I'm like, I want a t-shirt. So I'm like, <laughs> worked my butt off over the summer and I found that I really loved running and I'm like it's so peaceful I'm like I can go out on my gravel roads and just get some zen I mean I wasn't running very far like two three miles you know but consistently and then after that like went out for track again cross country at that time my mom had just decided she was going to quit smoking and she just wanted to gain weight and kind of wanted a new healthy habit. So she started running. So we decided that, hey, we could do something together. So we would go to this little lake. It was a one-mile lake in Grand Island. And we would start and we would kind of run, walk together. Lo and behold, she would beat me like crazy because she was fast. But I was like, this is something fun we can do. So we started to train together. We'd run around our little Danabrog trail together. And by the time, like, I believe it was like 2000, oh, it's got to be 2005, maybe. We decided to sign up for this race. And it was like our first actual road race. It was on um, St. Patrick's Day. There was a two and a five mile race. Obviously, we signed up for the two mile because five miles is like crazy. We couldn't even fathom yeah. five miles. <laughs> Um, but I remember we went and we ran the two mile race and we saw people still finishing the five and we could not get our minds wrapped around someone running five miles. <laughs> and then we come back and we are like, we love these races. So we next, we are like signing up for a half marathon after this two mile race. And from there, my mom got me really motivated into running longer distances. And we did our first marathon together in 2006, which was the Lincoln marathon. And wow. that will be one of my greatest memories of running with her. Um, we've done Boston together, but my mom, you know, she really inspired me to push my limits, go the distance, get everything out of what I want in life. Um, she's very, a great inspiration for me. Oh, that's, that's so incredible. cool. So then, all right, so now we're up to marathons and you're kind of like, when that the when did that jump to like 50k and 100 miles is 100 the longest you've done i i've done the wabash fkt so that's 127 miles that's oh my probably goodness. my longest okay that so, is my longest. <laughs> so from like marathon to like 50k to then like ultra crazy stuff yeah. and then to elite level like where where's that next step because finishing a local Lincoln marathon is one thing, but then being like a sponsored elite all time ultra runner is a massive step above that. So what was that progression? Like I decided that I wanted to start doing more marathons and hit that sub three goal. Well, I took me many, many tries to get that. I worked so hard to get it, got it finally. And one of my friends, you probably know her as well. She's a great physical therapist, runner, Christy Nielsen was telling me we would 
were running together and she's like why don't you try for olympic trials in the marathon and i was like oh i don't think i could do that and she's like why not so her and i decided we were going to train together and we had a wonderful training session um a good year of it it was the very last race to qualify it was at california international marathon on it was like december of 2011 and uh, we went together and I hit that standard of the Olympic qualifier at that marathon. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I did that. And it was because Christy believed in me and knew that I could do something. And it was just like from there, then I went and did trials. After that, my other friend, he's also a gravel cyclist now, um, Jason Zakaras, had talked to me into doing this crazy 50K in Kansas City called Psycho Waiko in February, which was going to be sub-zero degrees and on these trails I've never ran on. And I was like, um, I can only do a marathon. I, I've never ran trails. And he's like, oh, you, you would have fun. So I was like, all right, I'll go. Oh my gosh. It was the funnest thing I've ever had done in my life. Like I had no idea what to expect. I was like on these trails and I just remember running with this guy, Larry, and he had his dog with him. And I'm like, this dog's going to run 50K? I was like, what? And yeah, <laughs> sure enough, dog runs 50K. No way. Yeah. Whoa. Tina, her name was. She was amazing. And she had done it several times. Oh, my gosh. So then, what a good running pacer. What, what kind of <laughs> yeah. dog was it? Um, She looked, I can't remember exactly, like probably like a, a herding breed type. Okay. I just can't remember. She was a she's just beautiful. She was white and brown, I remember. Oh my um, gosh. But I finished that race and I like broke the course record not even trying. And everybody's like, "Wow, you have some talent on the trails." And I'm like, "Really? I didn't even feel like I was working. These are too fun." I'm like, <laughs> "It's too fun on the trails. I don't feel like I'm pushing myself." And after that, I got really hooked on like being out in the trails again because it was like I was a kid and just exploring yeah. and having fun with people exploring so then i just started doing tons of races in 2013 2014 and i progressed to the point where i ended up becoming like the sponsored athlete because i was winning several of them because i i don't know i don't know if my fitness was just there i was in love with it but it just all came together that's so i love when you're like it's not that it was easy. It's not definitely not easy. <laughs> like you worked really, really hard, but like, just, you're like, I'm having so much fun and I happen to be doing really well. Like that's, and, and like, honestly watching you at land ho 50 K, like, that's what I've said. It's like, it's like, it seems so easy for her, but she's had like, I know it's not cause it's really hard, <laughs> but like, she's just having a great time, like loves running and you've come across the finish line and are so happy and stuff. So it's, it's been fun, like getting to know you and watch you just enjoy what you do. It's really cool. On that topic of making it look easy. What is the training that goes into it when you're in season and really like pushing hard for these races? Cause you know, obviously to make it look easy, there's so much work on the back end. It is. It's for me, it's something I love and it's a passion. So I kind of, it's kind of a sacrifice for my life because I work, full-time as a physical therapist but then I'll go home and my first thing I do is get my shoes on and go out the door for uh probably like a two-hour run every day and oh my and gosh then, yeah oh my I know <laughs> but I, I love should go it. look it's at like, your Strava <laughs> <laughs> every day is either like 92 hours it's 
But then I also put some quality in there. I hadn't be for a little while because I had gotten injured. But the the key is to get some quality back into that too. So there would be workouts, you know, tempo runs, steady state runs. And then the weekends, of course, long runs of whatever, you know, four or five hours plus. But yeah, it's it's dedication, but also for me, it's not work because it's fun. <laughs> and that's the important thing is you got to have fun with what you do. And it doesn't have to be that you have to run, you know, ultras to have fun and do well. You can run shorter distances. You can run 5Ks and be like, yeah, go home, have fun, run, you know, and I'm still really good at it. You know, it doesn't have to be like super crazy distances. I, I love this because Jason uh, pulled up your Strava here. And of course it, uh, it compares like, you know, you against him. And it's like in 2020, you had 5,759 miles. And Jason that year had 2.8 miles. That's but running. Then- I walk more than that. This is running miles. I am this a horrible, great. horrible runner. I am okay. such a bad runner. But yeah. <sighs> That's more than I've ever biked in a year. Right. <laughs> that's crazy. Like that's and it has the time here and it says 778 hours and you <laughs> your elevation gain through those 5759 miles is 219,967 feet. No, here's the Okay, so yeah, 5700 miles, but that's only in 400 activities. So that means her average per <laughs> run is like a half marathon. We hold on. Right? We're is that up. right? 5759 <laughs> divided by 400. 14 <laughs> miles and 39 <laughs> Yeah, she <laughs> averaged over a half marathon. That's like Rob Finnegan numbers. Literally. That's so fun. Well, but for awesome. me, I'm like, I like, for me, I'm like, if it's less than 10, is it worth going out for? <laughs> it's ridiculous, I know. <laughs> the, our other, you gotta make it worth it. Yeah, you're right? the equivalent on the in the running world to our, uh, have you met Rob Finnegan yet here in Lincoln? I, actually did on my trip to colorado he was biking the whole like 800 some miles yeah around nebraska and i ran into him way out west went off the course of, of our drive to go find him and oh, he wow. was so thankful and it was the first time i got to meet him and it was like the most amazing experience that's He's oh, so that's great cool. <laughs> two local like legends that just one running one biking um because like rob averages uh like 60k a day yeah or 100k oh, 100k yes, like yes. 60 miles a day for the last like thousand or twelve hundred mi- or twelve uh yeah twelve hundred days or something so yeah. that's crazy we got two crazies <laughs> right in our state Here, i love it here's a question i have for you because i know like rob gets noticed you know off the bike they'll be like oh like you're that guy i see all the time like riding my riding your bike all around or like i know my dad always got noticed like oh i see you every day on your way to work riding your bike is there ever times where like people will notice you and be like oh i saw you running like time after time after time again (laughs) since you spend so much time out on trails and stuff there's always that person i'll be at like a grocery store they're like hey you're the zarinsky runner and i'm like yeah <laughs> that is me <laughs> that's, that's so, so cool um well to so talk about some major accomplishments uh 2016 you've uh won western states you've gotten several top 10 finishes at western states and i know a lot of our audience are cyclists um this is like the the top 
race of it's like the a race of ultra racing is that uh is that correct right it's like yeah. the biggest in the world like the wow. you want that on your resume um yeah. you're the other thing that's really exciting is next year you're you're going to be you're currently training and next year you're going to be doing your 10th western states which is absolutely insane to be at that level for that long um, that, and that's a thousand miles in just one race like oh. o- over 10 years yeah. that's a thousand miles <laughs> that's crazy and they actually give you a special buckle that's why i want to do it it has a thousand miles on it it's 10 days 1000 miles and that's the special buckle you get after your 10th wow so that's, that's been cool. my goal cool. since the dream of like the day i finished that first race how many wow. there can't be that many people that have that buckle right i Not mean it anymore. can't be very many only like the early like the early starters that used to do it back in like the 1970s, 80s, 90s, and now like it's so hard to get into because they only allow 100 and, or 360 some people in, and wow. so there's just such a big pool of people that it's going to be really hard. And I'm going to probably be the last like tenth consecutive like I'm, mine are all consecutive. I don't think there'll be anybody else that'll be consecutively ten in a row. Wow. It's just crazy. I mean, I just just thinking of the longevity on injuries because I know uh you've had injuries in the past that have really hurt hurt your uh, running throughout time. So like that's a, yeah. a a testament right there to do it 10 years in a row just like just having the ability physically to do that is wildly impressive. I based my uh, whole like year on that race, so I uh was my scariest time was um, in 2000, it was 2022, basically, because I had my hamstring pull off my butt bone in Whoa. the end oh of gosh. December in 2021, and it had to be surgically repaired. And that recovery is so long. I remember going to the doctor, and my first question was, I said, I know this has to be surgically repaired, but can I run 100 miles on June 29th of the, this following year. And he looked at me and he knew who I was. Dr. Burt's a great surgeon. Like he knows our crazy runners around here. And he like, he goes, you're masochist enough that I know you can do it, but you can't race it. You have to only run it. And so I took that to heart and I was diligent with the recovery because it was like basically 12 weeks of not, well, six weeks, non-weight bearing, 12 weeks, partial weight bearing. I didn't even step foot outside to run until it was april and the race was oh my june gosh. Whoa. i had basically so like you eight, had like eight weeks yeah eight weeks to get wow. to, to 100 mile level fitness and it was wow. the scariest but like i finished it and it was the most rewarding thing to feel like i came back from but that was what the are, hardest one <laughs> what are some other accomplishments that might not seem big on paper um like the western states win but just just like finishing that race that you're equally proud of yeah what are some other I, examples of that yeah 2017 was the year after i had won i came into that race fit like the fittest i've ever been and I had the biggest meltdown blow up I've ever had because of I just put too much emotion into it. I put I left too much of um, pressure on myself and I got to about mile, I think it was 56 and I could just see my my body mentally, physically shutting down and I was processing a lot of things emotionally, internally, 
my grandma was um, coming back through a very severe form of um, recovery of cancer and she was still fighting it. So I was feeling this guilt that I was at a race that I love, but I should be back with my grandma. So I had all this heaviness just weighing me down. And by mile 79, when I was at this river crossing, which is the American River, you have to get on a boat and get across it because it's so big and it's this, it's um, swift. So you can just basically drown. <laughs> so I got to this point and I'm just like, I'm done. I can't, I can't finish 20 miles. I'm going to have to walk them because I've just, I've shut down and I sat there for an hour. Everybody was surrounding me. There's like my coach, my friends, my pacer, um, other mentors that I've known from this race. They're all surrounding me. And I sat there and contemplated life for like an hour. And I just kept looking at my wristband and that has to be cut off before you can actually quit. And I just didn't want to get rid of it yet. And I just didn't know why, but I sat there still and I just was so stubborn. Like, I'm not going, I'm not going to finish this. A friend, she was just trotting down the trail, sets, like sits right down beside me. And she's like, what are you doing here? You should not be here. And I'm like, Stephanie, what do you mean? <laughs> she's like, you should be like miles away. You should be finishing by now. And I said, well, in, in a good day, I would be <laughs> And I'm like, I'm going to have to quit. Like, I can't do this anymore. And here she is, like, with chicken nuggets. Somebody brought her McDonald's chicken nuggets. And she's just <laughs> eating these, like, what do you mean? She's like, you can't quit now. You're fine. And I said, no, I'm quitting. Well, lo and behold, she pulls me out of this chair. She puts this light around my waist and a light around my neck. And she says, get in the boat. And she drug me down to the boat. And I said, fine, I'll cross it, but I'm not going to finish. <laughs> and she knew <laughs> if I got across that river, I was going to finish. And that year, I did finish. I was the first 24-hour finisher. So I was 24 hours and two minutes, which to me, that was my better and most, I would say, I would feel more accomplished doing that than winning because I took all this heaviness this weight and I was able to use people around me to take it off in order to complete a goal that I had and to finish the race that I love without them I wouldn't have that wow. is so cool oh I love that like <laughs> pulling your like just pulling up out of out of darkness and like that's that's one thing like in gravel that mm -hmm. we've talked with so many like pro cyclists and stuff it's like it's not about winning it's a lot of times mm -hmm. of, of how you finish and just pulling through yep. when everything is telling you to quit. I, that is yeah. such a powerful story. Um, that's really cool. It sounds like that's a really good example of that balance that, you know, we deal with as cyclists, the intricate balance of the physical and the mental challenge and, you know, not letting your brain stop your body from keeping moving. How do you see that balance working in ultra distance running? The brain is so powerful. If you don't have a strong mind, your body will shut down fast because your your mind's weak. And I found this, like, you just have to believe and you believe in yourself. And even when you feel like you've hit the lowest low, you can come out of a, the lowest low and come back to the highest high. And I always tell people, just keep moving forward. If you feel like you can't mentally move forward, but you physically can and you're not truly injured keep going because I know you'll find a way out of it 
and just one step at a time you'll climb that mountain or you know climb that next mile and it it's crazy because once they see that it's like wow if I wouldn't have kept going and stopped I would never have known and that's what we love about these long ultra distances and cycling and running I mean we like to push our bodies and our minds that's the whole point to see where our limits are and to to take that barrier a little bit farther yeah that yeah. that reminds me i know i've said it repeated it so many times on this podcast but i love it so much but uh rebecca rush she's in the gravel cycling hall of fame she's in the mountain biking hall of fame too uh, incredible uh, athlete that has done insane challenges all over the world like biking the ho-, ho chi minh trail in in vietnam like just absolutely wow. incredible but one of the phrases she said on the podcast is um the there'll be good times and there'll be bad times but both are temporary and yeah. like that that you kind of just said that in a different way and it's like yeah they're like mentally you have to be able to tell yourself like yeah this sucks right now but there there's a good time coming but then also like when things are going really well just being like all right don't worry like this is temporary too. Like you got to be strong even in the good times too. I'm really, really glad you said that. Um, but yeah, I mean, just your story there of like your, your brain had gone like in, in your, in 2017, <laughs> like your brain was done, but you, and sometimes we need that other person that lifts you up to give you that boost. So um, it's cool to see in that ultra running world that that exists as well. Like that community aspect of we're all in this together. Like this sucks for everybody, but like we just happen to some finish it faster than others, which exactly. is pretty cool. Just like this is what drawn like drew me to uh, gravel cycling is that you have this community just as we do in the ultra community. It's like we're not really out for ourselves. We're out for each other to push ourselves with each other. And I love that community in that type of atmosphere it's just so different from roads from running to you know road running is more me 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 versus this is we 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 that's that's funny you say that about road running because i feel like that's how road cycling is as well so there's something to say about those roadies versus the gravel or the trail i've i've been trying to tell our run sponsors uh, like I was like this this gravel running thing is the next thing in running I genuinely believe it because yeah. it's like the ultimate like just like gravel cycling it's the per like gravel cycling is the perfect mix between road and mountain like you get the change in course and you're out more in nature like mountain biking but it's it's a little bit more welcoming like gravel site or like uh uh they're less technical like road cycling is and it's very similar between the balance of trail running and road running is like yes. yeah you get the changing conditions um but you get the community aspect of trail running but then it's it's also just more mm-hmm. obtainable than than trail running trail running and mountain biking both are are intimidating like it's a it can be an intimidating yeah. task to say like oh i'm gonna go run 100 miles on a trail in the middle of the mountains you know that's that's scary but doing a 25 or 50k or a 10k gravel run is is like a new challenge and exciting thing so i'm like i've been trying to tell like our run sponsors like this thing is is going to take off it's like where gravel cycling was 10 years ago like this this could be huge um and it's cool that like you're seeing that too and we're we're at our first fit gravel 50k um and it, it's uh, it's awesome to hear the things that you like from other genres of running that mm-hmm. we were able to incorporate so that's that's really cool 
Um, but you kind of mentioned it. I had a question about it, but you mentioned <laughs> that you're gravel cycling now too. And I, I love how in your uh, Instagram bio, like obviously you say Hoka athlete, uh, and then you have your uh, run accomplishments in there, but then you added amateur gravel cyclist uh, <laughs> yes. in there. So we've officially uh, converted you to the crazy side. Uh, it's so but yeah, fun. Like, let's talk about you. You're you're biking quite a bit now, and you you got a gravel bike, and you head out uh, on the gravel roads outside of Omaha. Um, how how have you enjoyed being a gravel cyclist? apparently an amateur gravel cyclist. <laughs> yes, I'm not very good, but I enjoy it. That's the thing. I love it. It's just like another way to get out and explore. You can explore even farther, you know, and faster. I um, connected with the, it's the OMG group here, and they got me into like going out on those Wednesday night rides and getting to see what it's like to actually gravel ride and be with a group and have fun. And I'm like, this is what... I love like this is again the community that I really love to be around and even when I do my solo rides like it's super fun because I just feel like I'm in the zone just out in the country roads like getting lost in my own time and space and it's it's even it's like I feel safer out there than I would ever a road like I don't I don't like road ride biking because it scares me of just like traffic but like yep. I feel comfortable on the gravel because I grew up on gravel, riding, running, whatever. And so I know like where to watch, what to do. And it's just it brings me back nostalgically as, you know, being home. And just I love that feeling and just getting lost out there and in the beautiful country we have. <laughs> what has gravel cycling brought into your training or adventure that was missing? Um probably like giving myself a break from running it has helped me like work on different muscle groups like cycling and running definitely work different quad muscles like it's no doubt about it and so it's showing me like you're gonna fatigue different muscles to save your running muscles now and it's gotten me more of a balance and like when you cycle on the gravel going uphill it's kind of that same cadence as you would run and so that's helped me get more power and strength and just that push. So I feel like it's a very good compliment um, also in just saving the pounding on the legs for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I I think you've mentioned it before, but you've talked about for next year, Gravel Worlds 2024, of doing the half double where it's the 25K and maybe the 75 bike. Is that still on the docket? We're going to get you to actually do a gravel race? I cycling think race? so. Yes, because my mom obviously is doing cycling now, and she loved that race last year, uh, the 75. So I feel oh, like that's something. your mom did something... the 75? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I it was her that. first one. That's she so did. cool. <laughs> yeah. That was a tough 75, too, with the mud. Yeah. Like, yes. my mom did the 75 this year, too. And oh, that was cool. her first 75 miler. And it was, I like, I was so proud like so yes. like that is the hardest 75 you're probably ever gonna do on gravel like that was wildly impressive oh that's so cool yeah she she had a blast and she's already excited she's got everything ready for next year already I'm like you're so silly but I want to do it <laughs> with her and I want to see if I can actually maybe keep up with her I don't know but it would really? be so like exciting. so she's faster than you on the bike she's just really strong She's so yeah. strong. Wow, that's that's cool. <laughs> that is really oh, cool. Oh, and anytime a family can get involved, like right? that's 
that's pro right there what about on the flip side of doing like dabbling into the gravel cycling or ultra gravel cycling events like the long voyage 300 would that ever be on the docket for you it potentially would be like because i love just going out and grinding out hours and hours and hours of stuff so obviously that is something up my wheelhouse but i would just have to get these legs a little bit more cycling fit first (laughs) because I definitely suffer when I cycle for very long. <laughs> is is um is something is that something you like think about like longevity of of running because running is harder on the body than than cycling is. Um is that something that you you think about quite a bit like coming up on 10 years of ultra running at a high level is 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 tough on the body and obviously you've talked about injuries you've had and stuff. Um how much time do you think about like the longevity of what, what you're doing. Um, especially with now my mom having a double hip replacement. So I think about, you know, where do I want to be in 30 years or whatever it is, you know, do I want to still, you know, be running and, or am I going to be stuck, you know, with bad joints or whatever? So yes, I do think about it. And as a physical therapist, obviously I think about it and I just, know in myself to be very intuitive with my body if there's something that's not feeling right back off and you know do other means of things so cycling is going to be something I will definitely incorporate because I love it and it's a great workout and it's going to complement you know longevity obviously what are your other forms of recovery after you know really long races or just a really long stint of training I like to do just active recovery. So I'll get out for walks. Like I like to be outside and just be in nature. So I'll just take the dogs and we'll go for, you know, starting off with like three miles or something. And then if it's a few days that I still need to take time off, we'll walk, you know, eight miles or something. Just just being out just in nature. We'll maybe do, you know, trails or whatever. Just being out at Hitchcock for a while. Those kind of things. But I always air on the side of movement. So I don't believe in like complete rest and like, don't move, stay seated, you know, sit on the couch all day. Like, I don't believe in that because I see it with my patients who've had like replacements, joint replacements and things that if they sit for too long, they're going to get stiff. They're not going to move their joints and everything gets tight. Like you have to have that movement to help heal. Yeah, I, I've had surgeries in the past and like I remember the physical therapist coming in after a surgery of like, <laughs> hey, we're and it was like less than a day after the surgery. Like, all right, we're going to start physical therapy. I'm like, no. So right. it's like, I, God bless physical therapists because like the amount of curse words in their name is yes. probably a lot. The uh, pain and tortures. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I've never heard that. (laughs) That's awesome. How long have you been doing physical therapy? Uh, Since 2011. Wow. That's crazy. And what, how impressive to like have a full-time job while also like competing at that level is that's wildly impressive. That is impressive. So (laughs) one of my favorite stories um, of gravel worlds that I like to tell is actually from the first Lanto 50 K um, where you came across the finish line, you won, we got, uh, soaked you in champagne and then you actually <laughs> went back out and you wrote, you ran to last place and then ran yeah. back in with oh. them. So I think you're, you, you ran like 50 some miles or something like that. <laughs> and it was just a huge, like 
sign of and, and it like right away i knew from the first gravel race we hosted that was like okay like there's good people there's good runners too yeah. and it was just cool like someone at your level to like go back out and find where last place was encourage them and then run back in um that's really special and really cool um it's one of my favorite stories of gravel world so um, thank you yeah thanks for doing that like i yeah. i love telling that story i know oh, we would all do it for one another <laughs> We have one more question for you before we wrap this up. Uh, one thing we hear a lot from our ultra cyclists is that they'll start hallucinating out on long rides. Have you experienced that in your ultra running experiences? I would say the only time I've actually hallucinated was when I was with Jody and we were at Hard Rock and this was like out in the mountains of San Juans in Colorado. And we would keep seeing like people sitting around on like poles but they would be nothing and i just remember like we would come up to him like did you see that that person was there i know it was and she's like i know it was too and like we saw what? a head on the ground we swore we saw a head on the ground it was really really <laughs> wild and i'm like That's i'm like no this can't be <laughs> your brains are like sinking up that was yes yeah. it was weird because we both saw things and I think there was even a time we peeked on the mountain and we thought we saw a dog sitting up there like a corgi like something oh. random <laughs> And I'm like, oh, there was nothing up there. <laughs> wow. That's so funny. Our, it just goes back to that. Our brains are so powerful. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, we are running out of time here. Um, but before we go, I just wanted to say I, I'm really thankful that we've gotten connected in this running world. And it's exciting to see what you're doing with gravel cycling. Um, and we, we talk a lot about being a champion on and off the bike. But for you, uh, being a champion on and off out of the shoes, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how you would say that. <laughs> On and off the road. Um, but yeah, like you, you've obviously won our event and um, we, we love having champions of our event be just standing, outstanding people. So thanks for just being so encouraging and being so nice to everybody that comes. It's, it's really cool to have you a part of our gravel family. It, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you um, for letting me be a part of it. <laughs> Uh, but before we go, Sophie always has one last question. Yes. So uh, what does this gravel family mean to you, Casey? Oh, that's a great question. I love it. Um, the gravel world to me, the family itself, is another community of connection that I feel like is going to drive me into being a better person. Um, I feel like we have that connection as the ultra team in community of being for and with one another and that I've seen with the gravel community and that draws me to them. Good people. Like that's what it is. Good people. Genuinely. I love it. What a good one. I love it. Thank you so much, Casey, for your time Thank you. uh, and on this lovely Saturday. So I, I do you have a two hour run today that you're going to go do. No, I'm doing good life. Habsy tomorrow. So oh, today yeah. is like a nice rest day. <laughs> that's it. Are you, do, are you going for the, the win? No, no, I'm going to have fun tomorrow. I've had a lot right. of season to trade, so let's go have fun. Well, you said wow. that at the Lincoln awesome. Marathon, and I think you got, like, second or third, I, right? I was competitive then. I was like... Oh, you were competing then. Okay, okay. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck tomorrow. We might head down. We're actually... We'll be recording when that's going on. Yeah. So good luck tomorrow at the Good Life Housey. Awesome. Thank you, and have a great rest of the weekend. <laughs> I'm Sophia. I'm Jason. And I'm Casey. And this has been another episode of the Gravel Family Podcast. We will see you next time.
Gravel Family Podcast is a Pirate Cycling League production. Gravel Worlds and Pirate Cycling League are owned and operated by Gravel Adventures LLC, Lincoln, Nebraska. For more information on Gravel Family Podcast, visit www.gravelfamily.bike. For information on Gravel Worlds or Pirate Cycling League, go to www.gravel-worlds.com.